0: Welcome back to the Smarter Marketer Podcast, brought to you by Rocket Agency. I'm your host, James Lawrence. Welcome back to the Smarter Marketer Podcast. I'm here today with Josh Gergel from Omedia. Josh, welcome to the pod. Thanks, James. Great to be here. Yeah, it's awesome to have you here. So Josh is head of creative for Polly. Uh, Polly is Omedia's content and creative innovation hub. Omedia is the largest out-of-home company in Australia with 37,000 digital and static assets in basically everywhere. I think the, the number I was looking at this morning was more than three out of four Australians will see one of your assets each day. It's retail centres, airports, train station, roadside. So when I thought of um, outdoor, I thought Omedia, and um, Josh is a, a heavy hitter over there. Um, so oh, it's, it's great wow. to have you on the pod. <laughs>
1: Oh, thank you, James. Yeah, awesome to be here. Uh, Look, I'm I'm a hitter. I don't know about heavy, but uh, I I try and hit how I can.
0: (laughs) You're smashing it over there. So I think just if we could kick it off with just talking a little bit about Omedia.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, as you said, you know, O is um, you know, the largest outdoor uh, company in Australia, Australia and New Zealand. We have uh, presence there. But uh, yeah, ultimately, you know, all things outdoor. And as you mentioned, you know, a real kind of variety of sites and spaces. You know, I think when most people think of outdoor media, they, they typically go to the billboard, you know, yep. which really is that hero format and sort of everyone's first point of call. But yeah, I mean, outdoor really spans so much wider than that. Really, it's place-based media that lives within our real world. So as yep. you mentioned, retail centers university campuses office towers train stations airports and certainly you know bus shelters and and street furniture so just that kind of all-encompassing really wherever there is kind of public space our mission is to make that public space better through great media offering and great creative in and around uh, these public spaces
0: and there's been so much growth in in the space right over the last kind of 10 years it's really interesting to see the the top line yeah. revenue
1: growth and the last ten years really has been a boom. Uh, for well, certainly, certainly pre COVID yeah. um, was kind of a continual growth, and but that was very much in line with the continual digitization of the format. You know, we really saw growth in terms of converting assets from that static, classic uh, asset of 100 share of voice ownership and posters to more digitization, which obviously brings naturally more revenue into the category and into the into the business. But uh, certainly 2020 was a, an interesting uh, time on, on the curve of growth, yeah. um, but it's been remarkable. You know, I think ultimately everyone working within the category knew that, you know, we had to kind of ride that storm and naturally kind of hard to sell outdoor media when no one's going outdoor but the bounce back has been really profound and really encouraging to see people coming out of COVID and out of lockdowns and and, you know certainly here in Victoria where I'm based just really getting outside again and almost higher levels than they were previously so it's been really promising for the format as well to to see that continual growth.
0: Yeah yeah it's funny I think we're we're chatting before the pod and I was kind of saying I'm just a humble digital marketer and you're like, well, I'm a a humble outdoor marketer. And I think COVID COVID was probably very different for us where budgets were literally being moved from outdoor into digital because that's where people were, right? They were stuck at home on on their devices. And as the world's opened up, it's kind of good that normality has kind of been restored and behaviors are a bit more normal.
1: Oh, absolutely. So, you know, just getting back to that equilibrium point, you know, where, where both formats can work hand in hand, I think, which is really nice. We certainly saw a yeah shift towards those in-home formats or, or kind of that more one-to-one. But that is the beauty, I guess, of out-of-home as well, is it really just does have that power to reach audiences at scale, you know, in public spaces. Yeah. Uh, so it's really promising to see people making the most of that and, and getting out once again.
0: And you, you kind of touched on digitalization. So what has been the trend there, like for, for listeners to the pod that, everyone's a marketer on the listening to the pod sure but may or may not have been exposed to outdoor doing outdoor buys like and but we all would have seen whether it's at a train station or certain billboards yeah. that are digital like when did it start where where does it end like just literally every single yeah. asset you have yeah. eventually become digitalized or is it only certain strategic sites like what's the It's a
1: great question, and um, yeah, I think first and foremost, kind of off the bat, you know, because we get asked this a lot, naturally, as uh, we continue to move to, you know, that digital first future and really heavily integrate more digitization not just in the assets themselves but in our own systems and processes you know outdoor traditionally was maybe a bit more of an older school industry yeah. and um we're certainly are really kind of moving you know in terms of programmatic buying and just those ways to access inventory not just digital inventory but just our systems you know being digitized but what you will find and what we at o are really strong on is the fact that the the network will never be 100 digital You know, you'll never have just all of our 37,000 faces being digital assets because there is such a balance or a need for a balance between what we call classic static assets and digital. You know, classic really gives you that 100% share of voice, you know, that ownability in those spaces, which, you know, for brands, particularly for for product launches or just for, you know, for real, real brand building exercises, having that ownership on prominent assets or in prominent locations uninterrupted, you know, because on a digital asset, you you might have up to sort of ten advertisers on rotation, mm. but having that that ownership there on, on on a single site is so powerful and such a powerful branding tool for for advertisers. But having said that, it's all about the balance. You know, it's it's a matter of us being quite strategic with you know where are our classic static assets and where will they always remain? Yeah. And then what networks are we continuing to digitize to make sure that advertisers can reap the benefits, as I sort of said, of digital inventory. So things like being more agile, running multiple creatives in a single campaign, not having to just have one creative up there yeah. using motion, which I think is a little bit of a probably a little bit of an under indexed trend. We see um, not enough advertisers actually realize that, well, what we say is uh, if it's got a roof, it can move ultimately, Mm. right? So, you know, if we have uh, sites in shopping centers and on university campuses and airports and all that, All of those sites actually uh, can run full motion creative. So the ability to actually take assets from the kind of media mix, video assets, and use them in out of home as well is a huge benefit of of digital media or digital out of home uh, to really capture more attention. As we know, motion is just so powerful in those environments.
0: Silly silly question, but is that literally just a practical uh, consideration with rain and Messing up Uh, signage or
1: no, no, it's it's actually council based. So, Mm. uh, unfortunately, you know, the uh, really the only assets, the only digital assets that um, can't run motion creative uh, are those on roadside, so Mm. uh, street furniture panels for safety exactly that the council i was recently in um in dubai we were talking beforehand and um uh, clearly they don't have as stringent laws uh <laughs> there because there was heaps of motion and you know for for a, for a humble out of home offline guy like myself i just you know love paradise, creative. <laughs> paradise I was, I was in other people want to
0: go and, to the six-star hotel and sit by the poor you're just wanting to walk down the road no, and look just, at ads show me the assets
1: uh, <laughs> so um, but no here um there are a few exceptions and um, you know we were talking again offline we've obviously seen the rise again when we talk about digital out of home. The rise of three D anamorphic
0: mm. creative.
1: You know, in Japan and, and uh, Piccadilly Circus in London and, and um, New York, but certainly here we have a, a site called the Burke and Burke Street, and that runs three D creative as well. And because that's in a high pedestrian footfall area, it can run motion creative and three D anamorphic creative. So yeah, right. there are those exceptions. So basically, well,
0: a, a business like yours would go to council and say, "Hey, we want we want this site to have movement, computer, exactly and." In Mount Make Bayard, a case and safe. Yeah, okay. That's the best, exactly, exactly. Yeah, I was in Japan recently, and um, in Shibuya, in Tokyo, there's this yeah, unbelievable exactly. cat, this 3D cat. Um, oh, it's, it's so yeah, good. I was gonna say you have to see it to believe it, but it is on YouTube. So I think any listener that's interested in seeing think where the technology can yeah. go it's unbelievable google 3d cat shibuya
1: i think that's that's a great point because you know we often when we talk about 3d you know advertisers often ask us you know what what what's the benefits of it why would we do it you know and that sort of thing and because you know realistically you know you're creating an asset um, and it really is living predominantly on, on a single side but we look at 3d absolutely not in terms of the reach or even just the impact of that individual side, of that individual execution, it really is all about the shareability. And, and you know, you do talking about go to YouTube, that's actually what we see, you know, a big trend we're seeing is out of home and, and definitely driven by the 3D technology now. Out of home is being almost used as the canvas, as just another kind of content option, you know, as part of a content um, strategy for, for advertisers to use that Awesome, impactful, you know, creative execution to then live online and push through social and get really strong engagement and, and just add to the to the suite of, of content assets that that are being created that live, you know, predominantly online, which is really where we see the power of these sort of executions living, yeah, um, awesome. extending beyond the physical.
0: That's really really cool. Being a digital marketer, I presume that when we have a digital asset. Mm. We have better controls then about buying ad space. What are the kind of inputs there in terms of targeting and time of day and day of week? Like how granular can we go? What sort of options do we have now that we, we wouldn't if it was a static site?
1: It's kind of twofold. There's certainly the programmatic angle, which is is continuing to grow. And we've sort of seen greater... Uh, uptake globally than we have, I think, in the Australian market, we're still kind of developing in in that space. But naturally, through programmatic buying, you know, we do have that ability to be more time targeted, really to kind of hone in on audiences and and the site selection, uh, therefore, is more dictated by those data inputs. The interesting thing, and whenever I'm asked about programmatic, I mean, the interesting thing from an O-media and really from the category at large, is for a number of years now, we've really been honing our Data offering that not necessarily from a programmatic perspective, but still from a data overlay of our entire networks. We've actually just signed and, and have launched uh, a new data partnership with Flybys to tap into that data overlaid with our network to understand literally on a site by site level what audiences are best reached by individual sites. So you know we we think about out of home naturally as a one to many uh, media, but the way we at O have really looked at it for quite a while now is looking at how do we build a one to men, you know making mm. sure that we're still not just a finger in the air I reckon that's a good one let's go with it you know but actually looking at it from an audience filter and then again from a digital perspective we have an entire you know digital team that uh, works with clients to implement dynamic triggers you know based on weather or time of day or sort of social listening sentiment whatever it is mm. uh, allows us to then dictate what creative is played overlay certain elements within the creative based on certain dynamic data triggers as well so again that that digitization certainly has allowed us to be more dynamic with the creative as well as the selection of sites and locations.
0: Yeah, I think I saw a piece around, I think it's Melbourne Airport where you get off your plane and you're seeing an Uber digital ad showing estimated wait wait time once you get through exactly. and pick up your bag. That pulling
1: through of that sort of UPI, that, that Uber one, we, we use that example in a lot of our go-to-market activity because it's such a powerful example. Yeah. What I love about that is it's not just the simplicity, you know, the replication of their interface On the site, you know, and in their ads. It's just, it immediately evokes that kind of mental trigger for the advertiser. It's such a distinctive look and feel for Uber. So using that in their creative was so powerful. But what I love about it as well was the utilitarian aspect of it. You know, again, if we think about Outdoor as public space media, which it is, so it's incumbent essentially on us and and on advertisers to use that in the most utilitarian way possible to add value, you know, that value exchange with the consumer. Uh, If we're wanting eyeballs, what are we giving? in return. And I just love that they really didn't just, you know, it wasn't just obviously it was beneficial for them, but it, but it added a sense of utility, you know, in terms of taking them out of the app off the phone and in real life. Well, and it was just a smart use of, yeah, of a it. really contextually relevant environment.
0: And it kind of shows, doesn't it, just how far the space has come. Like 20 years ago, oh, <laughs> you're getting, you know, a flat static yes. that's piece it. of creative. And so now it. you're getting something that's integrating real-time data, giving a benefit to the prospective to customer users. client walking through and... Exactly. Uh, it's fascinating. And then in terms of other changes in the space, like obviously digital, huge, 3D, other kind of, I guess, big trends that, you know, if I'm a marketer out there and I want to just keep across a of outdoor, yeah. like w- what are those what direction is it heading?
1: I think that there's a couple. Um, definitely, you know, we've just seen a continual rise of, of retail media and, and return to center has been really profound. And and, and retailers just mobilizing their own audiences is, is really, uh, really interesting. But we're just seeing continual growth in the retail media um, space. Um,
0: what is that? Is retail media essentially any ads that we're seeing once we're in a retail context?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's sort of both. It's obviously ads within a retail sort of space, but also, you know, you're seeing retailers themselves really kind of mobilising their own spaces, right, their own physical presence, you know, to actually uh, enable advertising within those uh, spaces as well. We are actually uh, launched what's called Rio, which is us essentially taking our infrastructure, you know, we've got so much insight and experience in retail media space and then partnering with, you know, specific retailers to mobilise their own footprint you know, physical footprints to, you know, use those, again, to advertise and have infrastructure built within those spaces as well. So, you know, there's been a lot in the trade press around the rise of of retailer media pivoting slightly. But what we're also seeing is, again, with the return to retail centres and the return to outdoor, we're actually seeing advertisers more readily owning spaces and really dominating spaces. So you know for instance in, in Melbourne Central here in um in Melbourne we we own a lot of that media space. And the way we're seeing advertisers really using every touch point, you know, but to dominate the space. And again, for me, what it comes down to is just eventizing, you know, out of home, right? And again, that interplay between the physical and the digital, the shareability, you know, in this day and age, everyone's a content creator, right? Everyone's an influencer in their own minds at the very least. So we're all... Constantly on the on the lookout for content to share and you know and to create and so using out of home as the canvas and we saw this with Barbie massively mm-hmm. you know the the virality of some of our Barbie street furniture dominations and, and executions people were literally going to the site just to take photos yeah. of themselves to share and I think that's the power now we're seeing of out of home really good advertisers are understanding that, that out of home forms just another brilliant canvas. Right, that can really interplay between the physical and the digital and the online. And domination, I think, uh, and really smart utilization, really visually stunning executions are what we're seeing living beyond the physical and, and online as well. And
0: it kind of gives you that, um, like one of the benefits or the pros of outdoor forever, both you know pre-digital and and now is that kind of credibility or level Absolutely. where, and that's that has been the knock on, trying to build top of the funnel through digital is that TV out of home, does have that cut through because it is perceived as being more expensive more more effort in terms of creative whatever else generally it's a bigger brand space i think it doesn't always have to be but it does have that level of trust that is a bit different
1: it's a really interesting it's psychological right mm. isn't it it's just you know it's perceived to be big it, it is it's that thing you know you see it a lot in hollywood right like if you're on a billboard you've made it yeah. you know, type thing and i just think that same mentality does extend to brands as well and and i think there's an element of again because out of home lives in our physical world you know we're so tuned in to our digital you know devices right but they're almost an extension of ourselves now Whereas when we step away from that, you know, and and, and great digital campaigns supported by brilliant assets and, and brilliant advertising that lives in the physical world, there is an element of heightened credibility, I agree there. And, and as well as the fact, something we talk about from an out-of-home perspective of, of a benefit is that, you know, out-of-home is, is unskippable. It's unblockable. The O tagline is unmissable, right? It ultimately taps into quite different consumption behaviour than we're now used to when it comes to a personal device, you know, and and both have equal merit, but Understanding that the power of tapping into that, that unblockability and then making sure as an advertiser. And I obviously work you know, in Poly, which is the creative team at OS. So we live and breathe all day, every day. You know, how do you make sure that your advertising in out of home is as impactful and as you know noticeable and unmissable as possible? When advertisers get that right, there's a huge heightening of the tension and credibility there yeah. by virtue of, of the format itself.
0: That's it. And we say to clients all the time we will get better bottom of the funnel digital campaigns. We'll get better results from your social, get better results from your, your Google activity if you're doing top of the funnel stuff. Yep. And it, generally that doesn't always mean digital, right? It means outdoor, it means TV, all those things help to build credibility, build trust, build awareness of you. And help to make your digital channels work harder for you?
1: Absolutely it's a it's just a really healthy marriage right you know I think between the two and it was it was interesting in in um COVID you know to see the uh, quite a pivot you know sort of a way and then seeing advertisers returning pretty quickly because they just saw that there was that absence you know mm. of, of of really strong brand building you know and, uh, and not just awareness you know but, but real consideration driving. We talk a lot about outdoors as, as an awareness driver but I, I fundamentally believe it's even more of a consideration driver, particularly because of the natural frequency, you know, when you're seeing things, what we're trying to do for our clients is, is build fame, you know, essentially fame and familiarity. Mm. So seeing that within the world and, and really having brands be present in our minds in a credible format, I think it really works to to build that consideration. I had a funny experience actually. I think that, that exemplifies that. I was recently overseas, I was in um, Singapore airport and I was moving through Singapore airport and there was just, that many ads for Chanel's new fragrance yeah. with Timothy Chalamet was there is their um, ambassador and it was just Timothy Chalamet everywhere you know sort of for Chanel and it was so interesting for me because while I have never considered ever buying a Chanel fragrance by the end, by the time I got on my flight, I haven't been exposed to <laughs> Tim, Timothy Chalamet that many times. You know, Chanel was so prevalent that for me, there's no question it's now within the consideration set. And mm. I think for me, it was that, that frequency of exposure, that being ever present is a real power of out of home. That I don't know if advertisers think enough about the power of frequency, you know, in, in out of home to position brands as an ever present presence yeah. you know, in the mind of the consumer to drive that consideration and ultimately action which is what we're talking
0: that, about that segues really nicely into the, the kind of next thing i want to talk about which is you know how small is too small because we've talked about chanel we've talked about barbie yeah. um, I'm, I'm in sydney and i drive over the anzac bridge and nike has taken over the huge billboard yeah for, for, for the matildas big brands big budgets kind of thing yeah. for listeners to the pod who might be in control of a a smaller marketing budget, like to your point, you know, you need that frequency to kind of get that repetition into the mind of the prospect that, Hey, we're here. We're real. All those things, examples of, I guess, smaller budgets, smaller advertisers that have done well with outdoor or like where, and when do you get to a point where it's like, yeah, look, it's just not worth it. You should be putting your budget into something else.
1: Oh, I think it's it's an amazing question. I think what is representative of the fact that outdoor is not just for, you know, the the million dollar club, you know, those yeah, huge yeah. advertisers that are dropping huge coin, you know, in in outdoor, but the greatest growth we've seen in our business is in the direct client space, right? Those smaller advertisers, SMEs and and really kind of you know and startups they're the ones who are actually seeing more and more coming into the category because of just the natural scale that can be achieved and really quite efficiently through outdoor. And again, it's all a matter of a really healthy balance between your top and lower funnel activity. What what we actually found a couple of years ago, we we did a piece of research with analytic partners all around just ROI in out of home, really trying to understand what are the greatest drivers of ROI in out of home and what it found particularly uh, and specifically for avid Advertisers with less than a million dollar total marketing budget anywhere, you know, really down to quite small budgets. It was finding that out of home and digital were the actual best combinations beyond television and digital. It was actually those two that were working hand in hand. And, And it is because of that top funnel efficient scale and reach that can be built through out of home and then that bottom of the funnel conversion and just far more targeted activity and again as i sort of mentioned with out of home the beauty now is that with a strong data overlay it's we're still we're eliminating wastage so it's about that better many. i think it's 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 for smaller advertisers it's just again understanding that it doesn't have to be all eggs in one basket it's about being strategic with your objectives to understand, okay, how can I build really big, really strong reach really quick in a credible format that's really going to make my brand feel bigger and feel more ever-present as well as then, you know, make sure that I'm having that that kind of more targeted conversion to really close the loop. And the only, I guess the last thing I would say is what we really have to remember from an outdoor perspective, you know, really powerfully is that Outdoor is one of those um, formats that drives really strong search, and I think that's really important as well, particularly, you know, when trying to drive conversion, understanding the interplay between exposure and search, particularly in environments like office towers where Mm. you literally see it and you go to your desk, right, or, you know, or, or certainly on the commute on the rail where you see it, and then you've got a bit of me time on the train. The interplay between search and outdoor, I think, is a real powerful driver of of action as well.
0: What are the types of decisions you're making there? So, smaller budget, are you is it kind of deciding? Well, we'll probably end up going more for these types of assets. We're going to be just in office towers, or we're going to be yeah. just at you know one university campus, or are we playing geo? Like, are we going well? Let's just start in a Newcastle or a Wollongong, go hard there, measure kind of uplift that we get. Through digital and whatever, like what, what, how does it kind of actually practically play out?
1: Yeah, I think it, again, it definitely all comes back down to objectives and to audience. I think as well, you know, because that is the beauty of of outdoor is it can kind of pivot between you know, between objectives, it can obviously, you know, when you have large format, as an example, that is, that's pretty broadcast, right? That's broadcast by nature, even with data overlays, it's it's essentially more of a broadcast medium. So you want to be using that and, and you know, putting your eggs in that basket if, if that's the objective, right? To really brand build and really get that out there. But as you say, if you're trying to target, you know, a white, let's say a white collar audience, you know, mm. a business professional audience or a student, you know, a Gen Z audience, well, place-based, media, you know, like office towers or study, which is what we call our university campus offering, uh, even um, airports, which really has that business and uh, leisure traveler audience, being tactical with that, you know, and, and understanding the power of moments and mindsets and tapping into those particular mindsets like I say, it's not one size fits all. And I think, you know, from a strategy perspective, that's really key, you know, understanding if we know that there's a really healthy balance between outdoor and digital, but then understanding from an outdoor perspective, what am I trying to achieve through outdoor? And once we know that, then it's a matter of understanding, okay, well, how much do I have, you know, to to play with, right? And what's going to be the most efficient way to really make that last and spread that from my perspective, with as much longevity as as possible, yeah, because and, yeah, that that's where the power really is.
0: And, and practically speaking, if I'm not a marketer in a bigger corporate with a big budget and dealing with one of the big kind of media agencies, I can go direct to Omedia Media in this instance. Absolutely, um, and we'll speak to a rep who can say for X amount of money. This this is I understand you're trying to achieve X for why amount of money, this is what I can get you and this is the minimum spend and all those types of Absolutely.
1: things. Absolutely. As I say, you know, just from our business perspective as well, the, the direct area of our business is genuinely the area with greatest growth both in team and, and certainly in, yeah, right. in incoming. Uh, it, it's just we're, we're just seeing more and more advertisers coming to us directly they might not have agencies you know they might not be at that stage yet or have chosen not to and and, and really have um, brought that capability in-house and so yeah we have full team on hand who deal directly with those clients day to day in the exact same way as our agency teams deal with agency reps yeah, right. you know and what's really important i think to know as well is for instance my team we really work within the creative space we're on hand as well we deal a lot with direct clients in terms of providing education as to best practices practice uh, design principles, you know, how to maximize the impact of of their out-of-home. We run workshops with them, ideation sessions with with clients, you know, but also um, assist with the creation of the creative itself or the production of creative executions and special builds. So... But advertisers, to be aware, there's a full team of kind of support partners on hand that actually are here to help, particularly those less seasoned in out of home, really maximise the impact of their spend. Research and data teams, actually product specialists who have specific knowledge on each of the different environments that can help advertisers. So, yeah, it's pretty robust in terms of the support that we try and provide. To all advertisers, and certainly those who are who are new, because we we appreciate that as we say, it's a growing medium. It only I think represents about six or seven percent globally of, of media spend. So yeah. whilst it feels big, there's so much growth, you know, that we're continuing to see and to to extract from the market. So very much, you know, here to facilitate as advertisers come
0: more on board. Yeah, nice. In kind of researching for the pod. There's different studies out there, Australia, internationally, whatever else. But it seems like a lot of credible research in the space says that the effectiveness of an outdoor buy is kind of generally 40% driven by the creative. So, obviously, yep. where, where, where you're buying and the placement and all those types of things, really important. But, you know, similar to, <laughs> uh, to digital marketing as well, right? Exactly. Cre- creative matters. So, like... What are those big considerations? Like you're obviously you're that is your bread and butter, right? You're in that team yeah. leading it. What what are the hallmarks of good creative? I'm sure it's not all ridiculous 3D cats kind of falling off the side <laughs> of a building. There's probably some fundamentals in there as well. But yes, I'd love to learn a little bit about that.
1: Absolutely. It's, it's definitely not all cats, but it's a brilliant question. And certainly it's something we do with absolutely day to day. And I would say, first and foremost, we, we actually conducted our own study. So 40% from the analytics partner study we did several years ago, that, that came back as that uh, was about 41% was creative. So actually that, funnily enough, that study prompted the creation of Polly yeah, right. because we just saw there is such importance to help advertisers really get it right when it comes to what we're putting on in the outdoor space. What we see fundamentally, we conducted our own study using transactional data to really try and help understand or find the correlations of like, what are the creative attributes, right, that really tend to drive sales uplift. And it's called polygraph because everything we do has to have poly in it. Um, And what the polygraph study found was, not surprisingly, it is all about simplicity in out of home, right? So whilst we usually, or once upon a time, thought that seven words or less was the Holy Grail of, of you know of text within and out of home creative. What the polygraph study actually found, when we looked at advertisers running certain amounts of words, it was actually six words or less. Those advertisers were actually attracting more sales and, and being more successful than those seven and more, which was just interesting. So, what it showed to us is this continual focus on simplicity, on use of impactful color, right? A- and distinctive sort of brand assets, making sure they really are the hero of the site and of the creative itself, making sure there's, you know, strong contrast, just all those kind of basic visual tenants that. Take your your ad and understand that really within out of home space on roadside particularly, the audience has about three seconds mm. of engagement time. Right, yeah. three seconds, which is to be honest quite similar to, to 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 a lot of digital. You know, as based on our natural behaviour, you know, and scrolling and that sort of thing. But if you have three seconds to engage, right, what are the core messages? Really, just dist- distill down to the core. What are we trying to communicate? How are we ensuring that that message is really easily digestible and really clearly us, right? Really clearly our brand, you know, and and, and how do we ensure that our key brand cues are really prevalent, whether that's logo, iconic colors, packaging, making sure that's present, And yeah, just ensuring that it's easily identifiable, easily understood when we see, you know, subheadings and subheadings and taglines and this and search bar and this, get it all around, not as effective as those super clean, super clear, really powerful, um, you know, creative that, that is to the point and really easily identifiable for the brand because ultimately it's also about how it works in the greater media mix. You know, we mm. don't want to think of outdoors as isolation because we know that it's used, as we've talked about, as part of a wider, you know, channel mix. So ensuring that there's consistency uh, is also really important when it comes to outdoor design.
0: I'm not sure if it was one of your assets or not, but the embodiment of that was a, a billboard with just the Barbie pink and nothing, oh, not a single bet. word and yeah, then just but- the, the date of the movie kind of uh, release date. More-
1: What I loved about that example, right, I mean, the bravery of the pink is epic, right, and just so, so good. But we've talked a lot in our team about it is that the key actually to that asset and to that creative was not the pink, in my view. It was actually the typeface that they used, the the iconic Barbie typeface Mm. that they had July Mm. 21. And because in the absence of that, sure, you know, you, you you probably would have, would have known it, it was yeah. Barbie, right? Because of the context of the wider yeah. Barbie verse that was going on. Yeah. But the typeface, actually, again leaning into that distinctive brand asset of you know the Barbie text, I think we've got really solidified that as a brilliant Barbie execution. So it's always thinking about every asset and every weapon in your arsenal to make sure it's distinctively of the brand.
0: And that's it, isn't it? I think you've, for marketers listening to the pod, some of you will have distinctive brand assets, which do have cut through in whatever segment you're going after. um, And others just won't, right? If you're a startup SaaS provider and you're wanting to kind of, well, how do we play with outdoor? You're not going to take over a billboard with no. you know, the, the, <laughs> the, cor- the corporate blue and <laughs> whatever else you're going you're to have to, you know, but to your point, like let's not try to oversell the whole value prop and yeah. have 25 words we're trying to jam in there. Rely on simplicity and, you know, what's that next step?
1: And trust the audience, we often say, you know, just give the audience a bit, but but also trust, you know, the intelligence of the audience, trust that if it's compelling, it will drive search, it will drive curiosity. And I think that's what a lot of out of home is about. It's about creating an aha moment, a bit of a, you know, grabbing some attention and really inviting the audience in to be curious and, you know, and to engage further with the brand.
0: So I love those pillars like around simplicity and three seconds and six words or less. And I presume A lot of it stays the same, but what are some of the differences or more nuanced things when it comes to digital out at home? Yeah,
1: Uh, it's a great question and I would say it's, leans pretty heavily into context, right? Because, you know, again, that's the, the as we've kind of talked about Uber example, and it's not exclusively digital out of home because one of my favourite ads, it was, I think it was Cooper's and they they bought two sites right next to a Bow Repairs, sort of car repair I shop. I have seen and this example. The, yeah. yeah, and the text was just never tyres, right? Yeah. Like spelt like tyres. Yeah, yeah. Just like, that is just God level, you yeah. know. Uh, creative, so simple, yeah, so creative. effective, Yeah. So perfect. So it's the contextuality of the creative itself, and it's not easy. You know, we don't, we don't, we don't pretend like it's easy. But taking the effort, you know, particularly through creative teams, whether that's agencies or, or in house uh, or working with us, to go that extra mile to understand the context. Well, from a location perspective right of, of certain environments or from a time of day and mindset perspective or even just tapping into the cultural topicality of you know of what's going on we've mm. seen great examples I think lamb lamb did it several years ago really honing in on elements in the news and really playing on them in their copy when when advertisers understand the context of the times mm. and of the space that's again what we're trying to do is is cut through I always talk about the fact that like consumers don't care. We're all consumers, right? We're people. We're all people with our own stuff going on. We don't care about advertising. It's not at the front of our mind, you know? So we have to give audiences a reason to care, a reason to take notice. So the more we do that through context and through those aha moments, that's really where digital out of home, I think, and, you know, the ability to pull in more real-time, more agile, creative... That's where the growth mm. you know, and, and the power that we're
0: seeing. That's really cool. It's so funny. I have such varied guests on this pod from all different backgrounds and walks of life. And it's just so much of it always just comes back to, you know, put the market first, understand the market, uh, right message to the right person at the right time. It's all just these fundamentals. Right? Basics. The, yeah, just the, the basics. Um, yeah. with lots of technical kind of uh, interplay <laughs> yeah, b- yeah, between yeah. the two. That's right. we
1: paddling under the surface, you know, there's yeah. swan's legs paddling under the surface, but it is just those core basics. Yeah, that, it's
0: a, but it's uh, easy to get kind of down in the, the weeds, isn't it, and try 100. to put your 25 words onto the billboard instead of actually, you know, no, never tires, just, you know.
1: And I think that the, the litmus test again is us as marketers, we we look and we think about the consumer as this elusive being, right? Yeah. Alternate being, but it's just us. Yeah. Like, you know, I hate to say a survey of one, but as as marketers, we constantly have to bring it back to the fact of like, as consumers, what gets my attention? What naturally will I and those around me care about? Mm. You know, and, and notice that, that test, I think always has to be applied.
0: That's a good point. So looking forward, where does out of home go? Like what does it look like in five years' time?
1: Oh well, just 3D everywhere. <laughs> yeah, just, um, cats falling you know, off just buildings. Full immersion. <laughs> and, uh, no, I mean, you know, and to, to that point, it's it's interesting because we talk a lot about that, about scalability of executions like 3D. And you certainly won't see 3D everywhere because that as, as an execution still is going to live on hero sites, you know, that really can match the impact of the execution itself so I don't see that becoming just ubiquitous within what we will see you know and and what I I hope we'll see is a greater uptake particularly the capabilities of digital so Mm. more full motion I think on on our uh, network we see around 54 percent of creative run on full motion enabled assets right on as I said if it's got a roof it can move only about half of the creative run in those networks is full motion. So uh, I really, you know, this is something we're really pushing to advertisers because we know, and our polygraph study proved it, that when advertisers used motion, they're absolutely, their performance went up. It was like 187%. It was mm-hmm. insane. It just captures more attention. So more motion in the market, I really see you know, being being utilized. And again, just greater utilization of the, the dynamic capabilities as as it gets easier to implement, you know, uh, data feeds as we continue to digitize our systems and put more and more systems in place to make it more self-service for advertisers to be more dynamic with their creative and more real time. Uh, I really see the, you know, the digital assets being more uniquely and dynamically used uh, mm. moving forward. I also hope to just see more and more interplay between online and offline, mm. you know, whether that's AR, greater use of AR. I mean, if you would have told me that QR codes would come back five years ago, mm. I really would have laughed in your face. But again, that that interaction uh, and that ability to invite the audience in when appropriate and yeah. in the appropriate environments uh, and then using that to offer value is where I see, you know, advertisers can really play heavily in mm, the space. Really interesting.
0: Definitely. a um, It's funny, isn't it? Because I think 10 years ago, you would have kind of gone oh, outdoors a bit old school and whatever else. And now you look at it and you go, yeah, this is this is a massive growth yeah. area for marketers to, to, to stay on top of. Mate, it's been awesome having you on the pod. I always finish every uh, every episode with this question. What's the best piece of career advice that you give to an Australian in-house marketer?
1: Oh, that's a great question. <laughs> um, for me, it's just be enthusiastic. I think you know about about everything that you do, and and if you if you're not learning or you're not feeling like uh, you are enthused by you know what you're working on, well, it's time to find that because I think when you truly care about what you do and you truly love what it is you do, as the as the cliche saying goes, you don't yep. work a day in your life. And I'm fortunate to have found out outdoor is a real sweet spot and love what I do. So yeah, be be enthusiastic at all times. Um, because that's uh, what's going to get you out of bed every day and and love what
0: you do. It's a great answer. Good one to pass on to the kids. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, babe. Such a pleasure, James. Thanks for having me. Cheers, thank you. Thanks for listening to the Smarter Marketer Podcast. Stay up to date about new episodes on LinkedIn and Instagram by searching for Smarter Marketer Podcast. You can purchase your own copy of Smarter Marketer via the Amazon website. And if you want a second opinion about your business's approach to digital marketing, send me an email, jamesl at rocketagency.com.au or visit the rocketagency.com.au website. Thanks for your time.